Tenpence Arcade Podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the real arcade of Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With free regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no pie like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamespie.co.uk and get involved. Tenpence Arcade Podcast is now a proud member of the Throwback Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland. And I'm Alex Crowley. I got the brains, you've got the looks. Let's talk lots of arcades. And make loads of money. Well, we won't make loads of money out of it, mate. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> Not now, no. We've got RGP sponsors. Just think we can go back in time. We could make loads of money out of it, couldn't we? Yeah, our, our, well, make our own arcade. Yeah, and keep all the cabs in keep storage. It like £2 a game. <laughs> yeah, right, you're really going to get that as well. <laughs> so, what have you been up to then, mate? Um, not so much arcade-wise. been busy, busy. Um, but, yeah, I've been out and about, you know. I've been checking up out the new scene. Oh, yeah. Which, which is, is in what? Peckham. Yeah? Oh, this mm. is the arcade, Four Quarters Arcade. Yep. You had a bit of a preview there. I've got a private... Uh, showing, yeah, awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's really cool, mate. And um, you know, I worked up there. I built the bar for them. Yeah. Um, this is the Four Quarters Arcade Kitchen Bar, which is open up in Peckham Rye. Yeah. And um, I, I built the bar for them up there. And um, I wasn't that impressed when I was of the area when I was up there because in the daytime it's completely different, but nighttime. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, quite an up and coming place, isn't it's it? It's got a vibe that hits the um, central, I think. There's a lot of artists up there, a lot of students up there, right. some really cool bars, um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. We we spent a couple of hours, I think, in the arcade bar. Me and my mate Mark were playing Your Old Machine, Astro... Astro oh yeah, Astro still working. Yeah, still working. Asteroids and My Old Belfort Galaxians up yeah, there, isn't it? Yeah, still got That's... the hot button. <laughs> yeah. it's got um it's got a light under the button it's old star point button but i'm not sure if it's the wrong voltage bu- uh, bulb in there and it gets really yeah. hot and you got to press the thing really yeah. quick to see to get a hot finger yeah so- <laughs> we're good in the window though weren't it yeah. but it was yeah, great yeah, it yeah. was great it had a great uh atmosphere in there the lighting was perfect yeah i noticed it was quite dark from your pictures you sent me but i suppose that's an arcade setting isn't quite dark. Well, where the arcades, they've kind of done the wall black behind it. Yeah, yeah, it has so, to be. And you can't see the arcades from the outside. Ah. And then you come in, you walk through, yeah. and suddenly you're in this kind of like arcade bar. It's so cool. Yeah. And there's these like stair staircases up, and they've all got this wooden panelling on. It's painted yellow, and it, from a distance it looks like a giant Pac-Man. Oh, really? Are right near to the bar, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't wait. Until, it's opening next month, isn't it? It's opening on the 19th of July. Oh, That's good. That's the official opening. Excellent. We'll have show notes for that again, I think. I've already put it in there it's before. It's such a cool bar. It's a cool area. It's definitely up and coming. Definitely, yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely. I mean, we always used to joke about Peckham because it was uh, only fools and horses stomping around, yeah. wasn't it? Stick a Uh, and it was always sort of a bit of a dive, but it's got real posh lately. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of place, when I went to the one in New York, they had one in um, Williamsburg, and that's a real hipster central there. Yeah. Real upcoming, expensive area, and it, it fitted the vibe. 
of the whole area really yeah. nicely. Well, this is awesome. the first for the UK, so, you know, yeah, yeah. you've really got to back them up. I think it's going to do really well. If you want to read a little bit more, um, there's Joe, the owner of the bar, has got a little interview in the back of Retro Gamer. Oh, excellent. This month. Cool. And there's a big advert for his bar at the back there. Yeah, I did notice. I was in WH having a cheeky read of it. Yeah. And I noticed it was in the back there. I thought, oh, cool, you know, yeah. full-on page in the back page. Definitely. is quite good as I well. I think the, the, the Guardian's going to review them as well, so they're getting full-on media coverage. Cool. Which would be good. I've been busy today, um, Saturday, to, uh, Sunday today. I've been busy in the arcade, my arcade at home in the garage. I've been turfing out lots of stuff that shouldn't be in there, like my cocktail cabinet. It was put mm. in there when we did a lot of work around the house. And it's gone into the hobby room now, and it fits in there lovely. I took a picture of it. I love that, the hobby room. Yeah, yeah, I've got a hobby room. I've got my <laughs> bench and my soldering iron and all my monitors behind me and all the test gear. And Tori does all her uh, sewing. Yeah, yeah, she's on the right-hand side covering everything in threads. Cheers, love. She's quite arts and crafty, isn't she? Yeah, 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 she is, actually. So it's a really nice room. It's a really sort of light-coloured room. Yeah. And it's got wallpaper on the back of these keys all over it, which is quite retro-looking. Yeah. And the, the cab looks really nice in front of it. I'll actually give that a bit of a play later on, because I haven't played it for ages. I yeah. love that game. Why do you want to give that a play? Have you got Space Launcher in it? I have, actually. Yeah. You're going to try and beat my score? I did see your score earlier. <laughs> so have you, have you um, submitted that to anywhere, or is it just on the forums at the moment? It's just on the forum, yeah. Okay. I want to beat the main record. This is Space Launcher. Um, cool game. I think the main record is 72,000. I've just got 62,000 today. Yeah, that's, with, oh, that's within reach. Yeah. I think I've got close to that. Before. I think I've got yeah. 30,000 or 40,000 myself. Yeah. Oh, I had good. 56 for quite a while, and I just thought I'd go for it tonight. Oh, cool. Nice one. Yeah. And I've been trying to get a load of stuff out of there that shouldn't be in there. Mm. And I've just kind of my machines in there now and a, mm. a little bit of storage and some shelves. And I'm going to get proper games in all the machines. And hopefully tomorrow I'm having off. It's my birthday. Yes. And I have a whole day in there just to do what I want. Victor time, mm. which I love. Yeah. It's about the only time of the year I get full on Victor time the whole day. <laughs> and I'm going to go in there and make sure there's games in each machine. Everything's up to scratch. All the screens are perfect. And hopefully get something done with the both of the Dino Kings because one of them's got the Mr. Drillers in, mm. and the other one I'm going to put a certain game, and I'm not sure which one I'm going to go for yet. But it's going to be a dedicated machine, and hopefully get the, the screen back in that because I've got a spare screen for it because I knackered the screen up. I thought he was going to do Pirate Hijimaru. I might do Pirate Ship actually. Yeah, I've it's got a favourite of yours. Isn't I've it? got um, one of those multi boards that plays that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I will actually. Can you get artwork for that? I, yeah, I think we'll have to make it up ourselves. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get Ollie Muddy Music on the case because he's good at the artwork. That's what he does for a living. Yeah. So it'd be nice to get some little pirates in the barrels on there. Quite Definitely. Cool. Definitely. So that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I'll take pictures as well because I'm going to make it really nice. And I've had some awesome things been given to me lately for that. I went to see our mate Alan Uberpixel the other day because I was picking some, some bits and bobs up for making bar tops and stuff. He gave me a load of old computers that were thrown out from his work, and I had a load of screens off of him. And his birthday is at the same day as mine, tomorrow. So happy 40th birthday, Alan. He's a year younger than me. Hmm. And he, he said to me, oh, since it's your birthday, he gave me a really cool, uh, it's quite a big, framed picture of Mushihima Sama Futari, which is a cave game. That's a mouthful. It is as well. <laughs> it's a really good game as well. Loads of uh, dinosaurs and stuff. But it's a really cool cave shooter and it's got really cutesy Japanese girls. It's a really, really nice poster. I want to put that pride of place right in the middle of my arcade at the back above the middle pony. It looks really nice in cool. there. Hopefully get some more pictures on it. I've got a load of artwork. Yeah, some of that artwork for the cave games is really cool. It is really nice. Really yeah. cutesy, kawaii, yeah. excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, cheers, Alan. That was brilliant for you, I think. And I saw his arcade room himself the other day. He went in his house, his new house. And he's got um, a new Astro City uh, sit-down candy cab, and he's got an Egret 2 candy cab next to it, and they look really Mm. nice together. And he has got the biggest wall 
of retro consoles I've ever seen. It was really? stacked floor to ceiling all the way along the wall. Jeez. It's really, really nice. Yeah, lots Does he of collect stuff anything particular or is it just a... He's got all sorts, everything. mate. He's yeah. got consoles, Japanese stuff. He's got a mate in Japan, so he yeah. does quite well out of that. And he's going up there soon to see him in yeah. Japan to pick up a load more stuff. Nice. Yeah, it was. It's always nice to see other people's collections, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, actually. Because he's got a load of stuff, like Japanese only, and things yeah. like that. Quite exclusive. Yeah. And he's offered to get me a bunch of stuff from Japan as well, so I might have to be putting a little PCB order in there, I think. Which will cost me a fortune, probably. Also, in in the sort of news section we have, some Pony 2s, like my ones, the candy cabs, have come up for sale mm. from the heart of gaming. That's our sort of local oh, I saw arcade. that, yeah. I think they've gone like hotcakes. I think, I think some people have had them already quite quickly. Because I don't what, think they were getting played there. What were they going for? I think they were £800 each. Jeez, but they're yeah. quite good condition. They're all working as well. What Shatsu. I like about those, out of out of all those type of modern cabs, the plastic and the metal ones... Well, 90s it, is fairly modern yeah. for us, isn't it? <laughs> but no, it's just the angle of the screen. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah you can see things from miles away. Yeah, yeah. and it's a big screen as well. Yeah, 29 inches these are. Yeah. Most candy cabs were 29 or 26 inch screens. You've got three, haven't you? I've got three, yeah. White and two grey ones. Yeah, the grey was the original colour and the white one was done up, I think. But the, the white one is mint, it's really yeah. nice. I'm going to get mine powder coated hopefully soon as well. All white. I think so, yeah. So they go together, yeah. look nice together. Yeah. So they went quite quickly, and there's not many. There's only about less than 30 in the country, I think, because mm. they were Japanese only. And um, I think the Trocadero imported a load from. of them. Yeah, yeah, mine come originally from there as well. Yeah. There's been a few cabs that are up for sale, actually, isn't there? What other ones have you seen? Well, I've seen um, the Astron belt that I played at um, South Coast Slam. Ah, is that the laser disc game? It's a laser disc game. Oh, yeah. Was that any good? Not really, no. Mm. <laughs> it looked look nice, though. It's a rare cab. Yeah. It, the thing is, with the, with the Laserdisc games, I think for collectors nowadays, they're more eye candy than anything else. Yeah. Your Dragon's Lair, your Space Ace, that you know, sort of thing. You're going to sell that on a nostalgia trip if that's yeah, the game yeah. you play when you're a kid. But to be honest with you, the game... Three minutes later, great. I'm bored of But that. fantastic looking cab. Yeah, I mean, they're and, really and, nice. and in good condition as well. They look awesome. They're just like a cartoon, aren't they, in the background? Yeah. But yeah, they, they look really nice. I think if you had a big enough arcade and enough cash, I suppose, it would look nice, sort of pride of place mm. with all your other cabs. Just have one. You could have a row of Laserdisc games. Oh, God. They never work. <laughs> yeah, they never work. Did but, you see the um, US Dig Dug? Yes, I did. You sent it to me. Mm. Uh, I do like the US ones, but they are quite big. Mm. And I'm quite happy with my Euro, actually. Yeah. But he'll, he'll get good money for that, and he'll sell it quite easy, because it's a yeah. beautiful cab. It's really nice condition, the one that we saw for sale as well. Yeah, I cab. mean, it's got the side art, hasn't it? But I guess, you know, yeah. if you've got cabs all stuck together you don't really see much of it anyway are you yeah well really? i suppose but, but that's rarer to find a us one isn't it over yeah here. in this country yeah euro ones is quite three or four i know of yeah but i don't know probably one maybe two us yeah. ones yeah yeah they'd have to be imported i suppose that was going for about 800 pounds that's a bargain that's just pretty good price for one of those yeah. honest with you yeah, and the other good. one was um crystal castles Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. You really nice-looking cab. I don't like the game at all. Never liked it. But I've never played is, it. The cab is beautiful. The trackball glows on it. Yeah. The side art is full side art. The it whole glows. side. Well, yeah. There's a light inside. Yeah, it's it? got a light underneath it, and it's got a sort of um, a see-through red trackball. And as the light goes through it, it comes up red. It looks oh, lovely. Right. But that looks really cool in a darkened arcade. It looks arcade. really nice. The whole, the whole cab is beautiful looking, but the game, for me, meh. No, no what, what's wrong with it then? It's just, it's a sort of like a 3D isometric maze sort of game. See, I imagine it like Pac-Man, but isometric, is it? That kind of sort feel? Sort of, but you've got to jump as well. And you, it's got a lot of secrets to it, and it's got a lot of charm. But I've never liked it. No? No, I never liked it, mate. Never liked it. But saying that, it is beautiful, and it's quite yeah. a collectible piece as well. People really go for it. Talking about the Hog, as we were earlier, we have to go and see Mark at the Hog. 
Well, I'll keep going on to everyone, you yeah. know. We'll get a meet together. We we'll just need to, to put a date out there and just go, right, we're going. Anyone yeah. else want to come? I think so, this yeah. This is the date we're going. Yeah, because Mark will put on a load of, if he knows we're coming, I'll give him a shout. He'll put on a load of yeah. retro stuff for us. But we can even have a go of the, the silly games, like the dance machines and all that sort of stuff. Get, <laughs> get your thing on with a dance machine, get a sweat on. Yeah, they're really popular. I mean, they're really, yeah. I mean, kids go there and they know how to play these games. They're like experts at it. Mm. And they've got a massive console section as well. And they have a lot of exclusives. So we should go up there, I think. Uh, oh, definitely, a yeah. Cabs, a lot of nice cabs as well. It's a shame that the two arcades are not closer together. Yeah, <laughs> would absolutely. Be cool, wouldn't it? We could do an arcade <laughs> cab crawl. Yeah. That'd be really good. Oh, oh, more news for us. Excellent news. We are now part of Throwback Network. Yes, and then you've got some cool podcasts on there. Yep, you've got such as Antic, the Atari 800XL podcast. In Televisionaries, our friend Paul yeah. Nermix, Nermix is on. We've got Floppy Days, which is uh, the co-host from Antic, who does an old-school computer one. No Quarter, of course. Uh, the RCR, Retro Computer Roundtable, which is really good. I listen to that a lot. Vintage Vaults, and You Don't Know Flack, and more more on there as well. So I would suggest everyone go on there and have a look for these podcasts. You can actually get a feed that downloads all of them for you. That's really cool. And I'm going to be needing that when I go on my plane trip. Because I've got yeah. a seventeen-hour flight, I'll be listening to all of those guys. <laughs> Your poor wife. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be having noise-canceling headphones on. She won't hear anything. Yeah. to see me there. I've been listening to a new podcast as well. I'm not sure if I mentioned it. The Broken Token Podcast. No. It's a. Uh, I think it's. I'm not sure if they're older enough or not. But I've just been catching up with them lately. I'm on about their fourth one, and they've got a few out now. And it's two guys from the Southern States. They're in Louisville. Proper Southern accents, American accents. Are really cool guys, and they've been they answered one of my emails I had a really nice email from them and they're going to mention us on their podcast so everyone should listen to Broken Token as well Broken Token yeah these guys they have quite a long podcast they're getting quite long now and they, they've both got really nice arcades these guys have got classic cabs there's arcade talk yeah arcade arcade, games, but they yeah. do pinballs as well right because they're slowly getting into <clears throat> pinballs these guys as well and because obviously we know that cabs are so abundant in America these guys mm. have got like 30 cabs each mm. and they've got proper classics they've got the Pac-Mans they've got, the, they've got as many Donkey Kongs and and the Nintendo lineup is you have. Yeah. And they've got Gorfs and they've got Trons and oh. all the sort of cabs that we lust after over here. And they, they do really well. And they actually do deep dives into how to fix stuff. I've yeah. recently listened to one where they were fixing netboards yeah. on, on, on monitors, which is quite, I've actually done quite that before. Tricky. Yeah, it can be. And they're doing quite an in-depth uh, tutorial on how to do it. So if someone yeah. is not familiar with it, listen to these guys. I'll tell you how to do it. It's really good. I was agreeing with every single thing they said because I've done one before myself. So that was really good. As you know, I'm going to Portland and Seattle next month. I cannot wait. What, July? Yes. What, when are you going there? July the 19th, I leave. Oh. Why, so what's that? Well, it's the opening of the barcade, four no, quarters. No, what day is it? The 19th. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> oh, no. So you'll miss that. Oh, that is a bummer. But oh, well, I'll still be there when you get back. Yeah, but I'm going to ground control in Portland. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but as well as that, I'm going to have a little bit of a guide there. Because... Uh, Kevin Savitz of the Antic Podcast, who Randy Kindig, the other one of the other hosts in there, put me on to, he lives in Portland. Cool. And he's put me on to him, and he listened to our podcast, I think, last week, the last two weeks, and he's put him on to me, and said, oh, we'll probably meet up with you. And I got on to Kevin, and he's going to meet up at Ground Control, which is their, one of their barcades, and this is a well-known barcade. It's an awesome place. I've seen it. It looks brilliant. I was a little bit worried that he might not be there, because the Apple II Kansas Fest on is in America, in Kansas at the moment. He's going along to that. But he's not leaving until the 22nd. So hopefully I'll see him on the 20th and buy him a, a pint of finest crap. So how long beer. are you over there for then? Uh, we're off to we're Portland for six days. 
Seattle for six days, and we've got a nip over to Spokane. Um, a friend of ours is getting married mm. there. But I cannot wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Because there's arcades in Seattle as well, I think. Mm. I think there's about three or four I'll be visiting. So I'll be bringing back T-shirts and pictures. Yeah. I'll be sending you pictures and all sorts. I cannot wait. It's going to be brilliant. And talking of events, Nerg is very nearly upon us. Two weeks away now. Yeah, I'm afraid I won't be going to that, mate. Ah, no. I understand. Yeah, it's too much on in one month for me. But I interviewed Big Phil, who's the organiser, sole organiser, and it'll be on the end of the podcast. So mm. hang on, guys. Listen to that. It's quite a good interview. I'm sorry about the quality of the phone line, because I did it on Skype. And my quality was quite good, but his wasn't. I think that was my fault with the recording. I think I had a little problem. So it's my fault, not Phil's. But you can still listen. It's quite listenable. And he comes up with some loads of things about Nerg. And if you haven't got your tickets already, get on and get some. It's going to be really worth it. I've heard loads of good things about it. So that's a thing to listen to at the end of the podcast. I was talking to Alan earlier. I went round his house. The reason I went round there was to pick up a load of uh, PC monitors and, and some PCs his old company was throwing out. And I want to make them into bar tops and use them for main machines. So I can upgrade my main, which is quite cool. Very nice of him to give them to me as well. Loads of stuff he gave me. Also, for my birthday, which is actually tomorrow, my wife gave me my new toy today because she knew I'd be using it tonight. A nice shiny MacBook Air, which is the same as her one. I kept pinching. I'm not sure if she wanted me to stop pinching her uh, computer or I just moaned about it. Now, these things, I'm not a Mac fan at all. I'm I'm turning into a flipping Mac you know fanboy. Yeah, but they are so much easier to use on things like podcast. When I did the Skype interview with Paul... It was absolutely flawless. It didn't jump once. It was really good. I found these things download a lot quicker because we got like cable broadband and it works almost twice as quick as my normal PC. And my PCs are wired. So yeah, yeah, I don't want to turn into a fanboy. It's the way to go. Yeah, I'm going to turn it into... is easier. They are easier, I find. Yeah, I'm going to turn into Carrington and Mike. They blab on about apples all the time. <laughs> but they're, they're big into the old Apple 2s as well. And they've got moved the on through specimen. your old Sinclair Spectrum days now, haven't you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Spectrum's good, mate. So yeah, I'm really pleased with that. Thank you, wife. It blew me away, actually, because I wasn't expecting a flipping expensive present as well. She's done me really proud there. Because I was going to buy one in America where they're a lot cheaper, but she obviously bought me one early because I was so difficult to buy for with the arcade stuff. It's so difficult to her to buy stuff. This is an expect thing, which is for the podcast I love doing. So cheers, love. Do you have any pickups at all? I haven't had any Ebays lately. That's been... Car boots have been really crap. Have they? Yeah. Huh. This year's been awful. Oh, that's a shame. My yeah. mate Paul Stuntmaster, he does another podcast. He, he's the same. He hasn't picked up much. The only thing I got this week was the tabletop Astro Wars. Do you remember them? I've got one. It's a good little game, isn't it? It is a good little I really game. Like, I had that one as a kid, That's the actually. nearest you get to an arcade game as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's got the little bezel. Yep, it has. It? And the little stick. artwork deep inside. Yep, it's really cool. It's a good little game, actually. I played that not so long ago, actually. It's really beepy as well, isn't it? Yeah. Really loud beeps, I like it. it. I like it as well. I had Scramble as a kid. Scrambles and all. I had Astro. Was it Astro Fox? Far, Firefox. Firefox. That had stereo sound. Really? Mm. On a little machine like that. Yeah, it's stereo. I love that game. <laughs> and the other one I used to like was Caveman. That's because you are a caveman. Do you remember that? Captain <laughs> Caveman! That was so cool. Did you get the little eggs I back to play, the cave? I remember, this, I remember the little machine, but I cannot remember playing it. Have you got it? Uh, no, I've oh, sold it. I, have have I tend that. to have a. Uh, I see so many of them, I usually just end up flipping them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I bought a few things from eBay. Um, no, sorry, it wasn't eBay. It was a, a member on UK Bank Forum. Uh, it's real cheap. I bought two Bank Panic bootlegs. So I've got four Bank Panic PCBs now. I only bought them because they're 15 quid delivered for two balls. Oh. They don't work. There were some ROMs missing off there, which is not a problem because I can reburn the ROMs. 
but I put some ROMs in from one of my other boards and they still don't work. So they're going to be a sort of little project for me to fix and hopefully mm. I'll learn how to fix them and then for 15 quid, who cares, man? Yeah. No, you can't go wrong for that, can you? I mean, the ROMs and the CPU on there are probably worth more than that. Yeah. So if I use them for other things, it's fine. should be able to get one good working game out of it. Hopefully, yeah. I've got an original Bank Panic, and the bootleg is exactly the same board. and got the Sega Mm. stickers on. Uh, And these ones are exactly the same as well. So if I can get schematics and learn how to read them, hopefully I can fix these two and make two workers. Then obviously, maybe sell them on to someone or give them to someone you know who likes Bank Panic. We're going to have to cover Bank Panic. I'm talking about Meats, thing. actually. Um, that arcade... Is it Arcade? That's coming up soon, isn't the it? Arcade. Yeah. yeah. How to fix arcade games. That's in the, three weeks. Yeah, the Cambridge now. Computer Museum. That's right. We're going to go there, and we're going to, to fix all their cabs for them, hopefully, and learn how to fix a few things. I'm going. I'm going. I've got to take... I've got to try and dig out a trackball for their centipede. I'm going to donate. Yeah. Uh, and if there's any other bits and bobs I can sort of donate, I will, because I've got a load of spares I don't really need. Yeah. And the rest is probably going to the RGP arcade because I want to clear my loft out. There's so much stuff in there I've never used. It's yeah. unreal. So hopefully, you know, give them a, a load of stuff uh, and it'll make use of it, I hope. I'm going to take one of my cocktails up there. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be quite good because I, I know these cocktails in, inside and out and so do you mm. by now. And we can explain to the sort of lesser guys who don't know as much about fixing what, yeah. and this is the power supply, this is the monitor, this yeah. is the soundboard, blah, blah, blah. And they've got quite a few themselves, haven't they? That yeah, they've got fixing. some nice cabs there, actually. I'll, I'll, I think I'll put a link on the show notes already mm. for it, so people can have a look at the cabs. Mm. They're all non-working at the moment, but I think one or two of them don't need that much to get them going. Mm. And hopefully we can do that and get them going for, so they'll be shown in the... In yeah. the You've never been up there before? I haven't, no, no. no. I've been to the... Yeah, it's the, the museum in Bletchley Park, which has got a load of um, computers. Yeah, as just well more as, computers and yeah, arcades, more computers, yeah. Yeah, there's no arcade games in there. But it's got computers and a few old consoles as well. That's a really nice little museum yeah. to go to if you're ever up there. And it does all the war stuff with the code breaking, which is really interesting. Mm. I really like that. So we've gone to feedback, mate. We've had quite a bit of feedback, actually. More to do with the game we've been playing lately. Yeah, it's been lots, really loads of people playing that game. Yeah, yeah, they've been real popular. Which is not surprising. It's a, a real addictive little arcade yeah. game. Uh, one of them is for you, actually. I'm not yeah. sure if you saw this one. Benson oh, Rad, ben, yeah, yeah. he's rooting for you to beat my scores because he's been a bit sorry for you. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be this game, Ben, unfortunately. <laughs> no way. It's no not. Way. I mean, it's a good game, but I would say it's not my type of game. Yeah. But I do. I did like it. Yeah, it's a real. You can't not like it. It's no. addictive. It looks good. There's nothing. You know, we'll get onto that in a minute. Anyway, they've been getting some good scores. But, well, our friend Sean Holly has been getting some good scores as well. Yeah, but he, hasn't he been outgunned by someone else? Yeah, I yeah. See. There's a guy. Tronads, is it? No, no. There's a guy on there called Favoured Son, a guy called That's Gary. It, yeah. Uh, he doesn't count because he's not from this planet. <laughs> yeah, he's been getting like. He's three, from this country though, isn't he? Yeah, but he's not from this planet. He's been getting yeah. like three million. He's a really good games player. I mean, he's like he's Twin Galaxies good. Right. But I don't think he can be bothered to actually do any Galaxy's uh, recordings. He's, he just is that good. I mm. want to see him one day live playing. I know he's good at games. He's really good. And a guy called Boz Conian. Boz, that's a great name. Good name. Facebook name. Uh, I'll, read his, I'll read his mail out, actually. It's quite interesting. It's nice as well. Hi, gents. I heard your podcast mentioned on the No Quarter Show and finally got around to checking it out. Arcade games are my primary, primary area of interest, and when it comes to retro gaming, so your show is right in my wheelhouse. I've only listened to a few so far, but we're catching up as over the coming weeks. He's a little late with this, but before he forgets, I wanted to comment on a NES game one of you brought up in a past episode. He thought it was the rescue episode. The NES game in question is a lesser-known gem, Kickle Cubicle. Remember we talked about Kickle Cubicle? You were talking about maybe installing it on your main cab to play, in that way via NES emulation. By all means do so, but just in case you weren't aware, an arcade version of the game is playable in MAME under its Japanese name. Mei Kujima. 
You wouldn't have known that. I didn't know that. Most of the text in Japanese, but it's unquestionably the same game upon which the NES game is based. In the ROM set I have, there's also an English language bootleg version. For some reason, it's not called Kickle Cubicle, but rather Kickle Cubel. So I want to get that on my cab, actually. I do well, like... you put me onto that game. It's a bit like... It's the one we're playing, don't yeah, Paul. it's a little bit like that. It's, it's more of a puzzle game than in Squish the Baddies game. Yeah. You've got to sort of work out where to push your blocks to get certain places, but it is a really good you, game. You've got more time to do it. In. I can't believe you haven't got it on the Famicom, actually. I bet you're going to buy it. Oh, I you... brought it when you told me about it. I went out and brought it. Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> well done. I'll have to look at that because I bet the artwork's awesome on that. Being that's a puzzle-type game where the levels lose a lot of their replay value after you solve them, I think Kickle is better suited to a home console platform, which is mm. probably right, with a password system. But the arcade version is fun to fight for the odd blast nonetheless. Paul Burke on Facebook writes, I'm having a blast at Don't Pull. The cute factory keeps misleading to thinking it's an easy game. The bouncing blogs are buggers after round five. Yeah. <laughs> and they are, they go for you. I've also had some feedback from Aaron Hickman, who's Dia Gamblick on the Retro Obscura podcast. He's also a musician who's offered to do us some little jingles for our in-between sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. awesome. It's really nice <clears> to do that. He's liked our Facebook page, and I've liked their Facebook page. I listen to their, their Retro Obscura podcast. Well, they're very, very good. Aaron has also suggested some sort of collaboration with them in the future. And he said, uh, if we're interested, and we are interested, thank you, Aaron, we will be, because you do a lot of... Uh, obscure games on consoles as well as arcades. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, they do some really odd ones, which is quite interesting, because a lot of ones people haven't heard of before. And he said even doing a video game high score challenge. So yeah, we might do... Really good. Yeah, yeah. Because so you do... know, like, I like my console stuff as well. You're yeah, more yeah. into your PCB collecting, aren't you? I'm more yeah. into the console stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be cool. Well, I, I play some um, console games actually on my cab, my main cab, yeah. as well, because they play lovely on there. And I find joysticks easy to use and D-pads. I just like that. Yeah. I'm you know, just used to it, I suppose. He's also been listening to episode six. He's obviously catching up. Rolling Thunder. Mm, do you <laughs> like it? Uh, he said, such a tough game. I had the 10-gen version on the NES. Did you guys ever play Codename Viper on the NES? Yeah, I've got it. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I preferred that than the um, the arcade version. Yeah, it looks... I had a quick look on the video, and it looks a lot, yeah. uh, a lot better game. It looks nicer, but... We found the NES version of Rolling Thunder was actually better than the arcade. Yeah. It was more fair, I think. Ah, we were talking about the Broken Token podcast earlier. Everyone should listen to that. Whitney, he's a guy, Whitney and Brent, he sent me a really nice mail after I commented on their podcast and mentioned ours. He's going to give us um, a mention on the new podcast. I haven't got to yet, and I'm still catching up on their podcast. They're quite long. They're going to be awesome for the plane. Uh, they really like international feedback and interaction with their listeners. So hopefully we do a bit of that with them as well. And now we're on the Throwback Network. Hopefully we'll get some more US listeners. Yeah, I've been trying to catch up on a lot of these podcasts. It's having yeah. the time, but when I'm working, I'm, most of the time I'm on my own, so it's ideal. Yeah. Well, I do a lot when I'm actually running my machines at work and not programming them or having to listen to the boss. Yeah. It's when you've got other people around you. Is that a spaceship? It's Heathrow Airport. Yeah, yeah. again. I get it every time. <laughs> I think we're under attack. Yeah, I, I'm going to have a lot of hours on that plane drive, as, that drive, as I mm. said earlier. But yeah, when I'm listening at work, I get quite a lot of hours where I don't talk to anyone. I just put my headphones on, noise cancelling yeah. headphones, and just ignore everyone. And it's perfect yeah, time to do that. Sometimes you can't do it, can you? Yeah, it's unsociable. It's, yeah, well, well, I don't care about that. I don't want to talk <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, we had quite a bit of uh, feedback from people. It's been really nice. So keep it up, people. We love the feedback. We love talking to you. And I'll answer as many as I can, and you'll get mentions on the podcast. Have you been getting many games from the uh, listeners? 
I have actually got a little list. I'll show the list later on of ones we're going to do. But next week's one is going to be from Nernix, Paul Nerminen. Okay. Because he picked one. He originally picked a game called Sky Fox, which is also known as Exorizer. And I played it, and I think if you had to play it, you break down. Really? It's quite bad? hard to play, yeah. It's not a bad game. It's a bit of a weird game. It sort of starts off almost looking like Space Invaders crossed with Space Harrier. Mm. You get these um, these big serpenty dragony things coming towards you, like a 3D effect. Yeah. It's quite nice. With these women on the back of them, these blonde women. And when you shoot the bad guys, you've got two shoots. You've got like a main single shoot and a, and a sort of machine gun. And your machine gun fire is limited. So if you shoot these things in the face... These women jump off these things. They've got their, their legs spread open. And they start to kill you. It's a weird. <laughs> that's why you pick. It's a weird game. But and after the, a few levels, that you get, it's almost like a Gallagher level. Then. Yeah. You get a load of them. And it's easy to play. But I think you would have broke down, mate. Well, you just start weeping again. Who's that guy on the back who was actually punching himself in the face? <laughs> yeah, she was, so was playing don't pull and got so frustrated. Don't pull. Punched. You obviously didn't play your favourite game, which was the one before. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. So. Feedback has been brilliant. So, you know, keep it on, yeah. on the, one of the forums we're on, the UK VAT forum. Everyone's been playing Don't Pull and they really yeah. like it. And there's been a lot of, um, a lot of challenges going on with each other, you know, trying to up one, up one ship with each other with the scores and that. And it's, it's one of these games. It's just, you just click sometime. And this is one of them, I think. It's been a more mm. popular one yet, I think. Cool. I've liked it for a long time. This is one of the games I used to play as a kid in the arcade. Right. Yeah. So. Boy, what about game of the week? Should we get on to that then? Game yeah. of the week? Game of the week. Don't pull. Don't pull. Oh. Push. Don't pull. It's on a multi-game board, but not like one you're thinking of. It's actually a, a kosher Capcom game. It was released in 1991. We're in the 90s, mate. Can you believe it? No, no. I thought it was an 80s didn't game. go that far. Well, we have done normally. this time, and I think it was uh, worthwhile doing it, actually. It's really, really good. It's uh, the third game. There's three games on there. There's one called Midnight Wanderers, which is a platformer, and you, you, play, you can play co-op with each other. All these three games, I think, are co-op. Uh, you, can, you play two elves little sort of cutesy elves. And there's another game called Chariot, which is a shoot 'em up left to right scrolling shoot 'em up And it's the same elves in the game. And then there's Don't Pull, which is nothing like those two games. No. Nothing. I don't know what the heck they thought putting the three together. Yeah, it's a strange combination, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because in Don't Pull, you play either a rabbit or a squirrel. And what you, I didn't know until just the other day, you can play co-op together. And... When you play together, if you squash each other with a block, which I'll get onto in a minute how to play yeah. the game, you can actually stun each other. So there's a bit of sort of rivalry oh, going okay. on when you play as well. You can either play together or against each other, yeah. which is a lot of fun. Now, this game, you must have noticed, is very similar to an earlier Capcom game, Pirate Ship Higamaru, which was our first game we did. Yeah, it's a bit like there's a Bomber Jack sort of uh, elements yeah, to it Yeah, as it looks well. like Bomber Jack. Yeah, You've got the bombs like in it Pango. as well. You have, yes, yeah. yeah. It's a, basically, if you go back all the way to like 1981, it's a clone of Pango, basically. Is that the first type of As game? far as I remember, yeah. The first shoving blocks and yeah. squashing meanies, yeah. Which is rock one. hard. I do like Pango, though, but it is a hard game. But it's quite a, an old game. You can tell mm. it's, it's aged, yeah. but it still plays well. But the, these two games, Higamaru and Don't Pull, have got so much more. They've got loads of little extras mm. in there, which we'll get onto. The rabbit is called Don, and the squirrel's called Pull. 
Don't Paul. Don Paul. Yeah, I thought it was good as well. <laughs> but this would also make a great game on MAME Hub to be played across the internet with your mates. You know, these sort of co-op games work really yeah. well over there. After, I tried to play the other day with Davo, actually, we were playing a game, but he he was playing okay, and I think mine had a setting wrong, and I couldn't control my character, but he was on screen. So I must get on to Davo to help me fix that, and we can play online in the evenings. would be quite good. You have different screens in. There's 32 levels on this game, and they have blocks in, and the meanies come out little manholes in the ground. They give you a little few seconds at the start when they pop out of the manholes, and you've got a certain number of meanies to get rid of. The meanies are funny-coloured blobs, rather like the blobs in Puyo Puyo, they're sort of like um, squidgy yeah. pink and green blobs. One little eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you get dragons. Yeah. Uh, the dragons remind me of the Fygars from Dig Dug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the meanies, just the little blobs, we call them, move around the screen. Just It's a four-way game. Uh, one button to push the blocks. That's all it does. And they only move left and right, up and down, as do the dragons. They, there's no diagonals in this game at all. And the dragons, almost exactly the same as Fygars in Dig Dug, can breathe fire. But they only breathe fire left to right, right to left. They don't breathe fire up and down, like in Dig Dug, which is exactly the same mechanic. But this game is actually an eight-way game. Because the two games before it, Midnight Wanderers and Chariot, are eight-way games. You've got to use the joystick diagonally. So what I found was when I was playing it, I actually lifted my control panel and switched it around to four-way. Mm. So when you hit a diagonal, it just doesn't work, and you end up making mistakes, like a lot of four-way games. You play, you didn't play yours four-way, did you? But your sticks are pretty yeah. good anyway. Yeah, they don't I was really, playing it eight-way, it's yeah, fine. They, they don't really make mistakes, your sticks are quite stiff. The blobs will move around, and they don't really follow you or try and get you until the game speeds up a little bit, because after a little while, they get angry. Right at and the they, end, they start following yeah, you, Yeah, they do they? go for you, they go too quite quickly, you can't outrun them in the end. Uh, and if they touch you, they'll kill you on contact. Mm. As will the dragons, and also the dragons, as I said before, can breathe fire at you. And mm. if the dragons have got a pathway without any blocks in the way, they will run along that pathway yeah. as well, which gave me a bit of a shock the first time I did that, because I thought they only did it static. But they do give you a little bit of a notice when they're about to breathe they fire. Do, they sort of, of, you can see them breathing in, can't yeah, you? They yeah, they lean back, and then yeah. they, they fire. And if you're yeah. in the way of it, you will get toasted, which is quite funny when you get toasted. The idea is to squash all the meanies. There's a sort of number count in the middle. Mm. Sometimes you get 9, 10, 20, whatever. And you've got to get rid of them. But apparently you can do the level if you kill, you get rid of all the blocks. When you squash the blocks against the solid block, mm. like another block, or the side of the screen, it'll get rid of it. Like when you break the barrels in Higgins' yeah. room. Yeah, I was doing that. And I think if you get rid of all of them in the time, it will end the level. But I've never managed to do it because it takes too long. Too many blocks. Yeah, yeah, there's far too many, I think. I don't really do that. Around the boundary of some of the screens is sort of a, a no-man's land. And when mm. you step into it, the game speeds up, and there's some fireballs flying around the outside, mm. rather like the skulls in Pirate Ship Higgamaru. They've taken lots of elements from that game for this one. Like loads, and I think it might have been the same designs, but they obviously used that game's sort of code or yeah. ideas and just added the cutesy element to it. So you can actually, if you lure the bad guys into the boundaries and then get out of the way, the fireballs will kill the baddies as well if they're after you. Oh, I never tried to do that. It's quite dangerous because after a while, those things, when you go on in the boundaries, you get speed up music yeah. and the game goes faster. Well, some of the boundaries only had like one path around and some had yeah. two. Yeah. That's so right. that was okay. But but some of the levels don't have those fireball boundaries at all. Yeah. It's just all level. There's different blocks as well, you notice on there. And there's, there's these orange star blocks. The normal blocks are blue, which is just... If you squash them up against something, they'll crush. And if you fire them, you hit them, they'll, they'll push along a line and then squash anything in its path. 
But the orange ones with stars on, when you break those, usually fruit flies out of them. That's right. And if you get a fruit bonus, you get you get points, and they, they rack up to some really big points later on. You've got to get these. You can you also push a block through the fruit to collect it. You don't have to actually physically walk oh, over okay. it. You can push a block through it, and you still get the bonus. And, and more get, of a bonus when you get a, a, an enemy in it as well. Yes, obviously you, you get multiples when you squash more than mm. one enemy. You can squash a load of them and get big bonus points doing that. But when you get the fruit bonuses, on the first level of fruit bonuses, when you get 10 fruits, you get an extra life. And then it goes up to 20 and then 30. And what happens every now and again, I think when you, like in Pirate Ship Maru, when you break a number of blocks when you're playing the game, a big fruit comes out. Yeah, I noticed that. And on Pirate Ship Maru. Yes, fruit or cheese, a sort of like a, a food bonus comes out. Yeah. And you can you can walk over it a num- number of times, like four times, and you pick up one, two, three, four bonuses. <laughs> and you get the bonus points for it, multiples, and you also get the, the fruit bonus, which will give you your extra lives again. So yeah. you always want to try and pick those big ones up. Yeah. And they come. I'm sure they come after a certain amount of blocks have been broken, but you've got to keep an eye out for them because uh. they don't last for very long. They will disappear after a while. Also, at the orange star blocks, every now and again, you get a purple potion come out. Yeah. And when you walk over the purple potion, all the enemies on the screen will be stunned for a few seconds where you can just go around and squish them quick. They won't go after you. And you can actually walk through them when they're stunned. There's also, as you said, like Bomberman, there are bomb blocks, usually two on each level. When you break a bomb block, even near a monster, you don't have to kill him with it, he'll be stunned for a second. But only those in the vicinity of that will be stunned. And you can kill him the same way. Or it will ignite the other bomb as well. It will, yes. You've got to be careful of. Yeah, the other bonus one is the star blocks. And it's exactly the same as Pengo, exactly the same as Higimaru. If you get the star blocks three together, either horizontally or vertically, you get a bonus. Horizontally, you get 5,000, and vertically, you get 10,000 if you do it quick enough. What happens then? You get a screen come up, white screen saying, let's dance. Mm. And what happens is all the monsters on the screen go berserk. dance to a funny there's different tunes on each level and they dance around and they can't kill you in this period you can just run around getting all stuff and then when they stop if you're lucky they all turn into fruit and if you whiz around quickly and get more you get big bonus points and later on you get hundreds of thousands i didn't even get there really no yeah you get you get big bonus points for this, but sometimes they don't turn into fruit but on the later levels you can get hundreds of thousands of points bonuses right. for it i mean a lot of points that's how Gary Favorton was getting his big, big scores, I think. But sometimes they don't. I'm not sure when and why and whereabouts and when it happens, you get the fruit bonuses. But when you get them, if you get a load of enemies and you get them all, you get big multiples and it just really builds up. That's the way it goes. you work out what the hearts do? Yeah, it's heart-shaped blocks. Yes, they're the three you put together. Oh, the heart shaft. I thought you said the star. No, no, the stars are the, the orange ones. I'm sorry, if I, I might have done that wrong, actually. Yeah. Yes, there's the heart shape. You're going to get the three together. Yeah. Yes. Because when you get two, they start flashing pink. When you get the third one, that's when the Let's Dance bonus comes on. Right. That's how you do yeah, it. Yeah, that's where I was going wrong there. I didn't know what they did because ah, yeah. you couldn't crush them, they didn't break. No, because they didn't seem ha- to give you a bonus when you, you squashed them against uh, no, an that's enemy. Right. So but the enemies really can't work out what they were doing. Later on in the game, when the monsters start getting. After a little while, when you, you're not doing it quick enough, they get all angry. They stop for a minute and they all sort of rear up and look all angry, get mean eyes. And they go at you faster. But when they do this, if a monster gets trapped in, a, in an area of blocks, they can jump over the blocks. Right. 
Because so you, you think they're, yeah, they're doing that at there. the end as well. Yeah, they're yeah. running through the blocks. Yeah, aren't when they? you get too quickly, and if you're left with mon- one monster in the end, it says escape, mm. and he just tries to get out of the screen, and you can't get him. Yeah, but you can you can kill him to the end. Don't, you don't. It's no detriment if you, you don't, don't kill have him. to get him. No, no, no. But if you get him at the end, it's sort of like you bugger. You're not getting away. Like in Pirate yeah. Shipping, where they try yeah. and get away there as well. It's almost the same game, but with cutesy graphics, a few extra things thrown in, which is what I like in a game. There's loads of things to work out and find. Yeah. And I, I found these out not by cheating by looking on YouTube like I normally do, just playing the damn game and yeah. listening to the guys' comments on, on the forums and, and Twitter and people who get onto us. Well, that's all I ever do, but I never managed to work out those damn hearts. Yeah. When you kill all the monsters, the level's done, and you get the next level up. And the levels aren't the same every time you play it. They sort of change around each time you play it, mm. which is quite fun because you don't get the same level, or sometimes you get the same level, but the blocks are in different orders. And, you know, the star blocks are in different orders. Sometimes it's really easy to get the star blocks. Sorry, I keep saying star blocks. The heart blocks together. And when you get them together, you get the bonuses. But if you kill all the monsters in less than 10 seconds, you get 100,000 point bonus. Yeah. If you do in less than 20 seconds, you get 50,000 and 30. I only managed it on the 20. first level. Yeah, it's very easy to do on the first level. Yeah. And then you get more bonus points. The longer you take, the less bonus points you get. And there's also in the manhole covers where they pop out of at the start. If you cover a manhole cover with a block, mm. and you do the game, say you covered three manhole blocks and they couldn't get out, you get a 1,000 points each for, for those bonuses as well because they couldn't get yeah, out. didn't know that. So yeah. you can do that quite... Because you get a few seconds at the beginning to do that, don't you? You can, yeah. And what you can do, when, when the manhole blocks are sort of quivering, then you think you can see the little eyes pop yeah. out, you can stand on it and it stops them coming out. Oh. Or you can pop a block over it to stop them coming out, which is quite good. Because if, you, if you've got one close to you and, you wanna, and you're getting a bit nervous, there's loads around you when they start, because they give you a few seconds, you can just block a few or stand on them so they can't get up. And then I'll wait till later on. And also, there's a little thing I noticed about that thing of completing the level quickly. I was a bit stupid one time, or a couple of times, where I got killed when there's only one monster left. I think I was trying to get him when he escaped, and he jumped on me rather than me getting him. And when you start the level again, there's only one monster to get, your timer restarts. Yeah, so you, you just get, get him quick, 100,000 points, yeah. straight off. And as, as I said, as the level progressed, I got up to level 7 or 9, I can't remember. The, the fruit bonuses you get really rack up. You're getting like 2,500,000 points for these fruit bonuses. You can get really big bonuses. Mm. And Gary Favoredson said mm. he, could, he got 700,000 points once just in fruit bonuses on one level, which is obviously Jesus. a later level. Yeah. Most of the guys who were playing it were getting up to about 400,000 points. And also, I did watch a YouTube video of someone playing it, but I think they had it on really, really easy level because the monsters weren't really trying to get them. They were just moving around. And it said on there they played it with a doctored... ROM or whatever, and they played the game all the way through to show people how it was done. And there's 32 levels. When you do the 32nd level, you get a nice little congratulations screen, all this lot, and you get a million point bonus, and you get a million points for every life you've got left over. Geez, so I can imagine the world record on this is quite I'll, high. I'll have to look actually and put it on the uh, on the web notes on the page. Yeah. So I didn't look for the Twin Galaxy. They must have done the game. They must be in the God 50 50 millions. I expect Easily. something silly like that. You know what I mean? So did you like it then, Vic? I absolutely loved the game, mate. Yeah. I've loved it. There's a little story. When I was a kid in the middle, there was three arcades together in Weymouth. There was loads, about 12 arcades all together. And the, there was three together. We used to call three in a row. don't even know what their original names were, but it was three in a row. It's always what they called. And the middle one had three wonders at the back. And it was one of the ones that I went to quite a few years ago now, five years ago, and I bought a load of stuff off the guy who owned the arcade. I actually bought the board I used to play as a kid. Oh, right. And when the arcade barn went in there, I put them onto it and bought a load of their cabs, just jammer cabs. They actually found the marquee of 
the Three Wonders, and I think it was the actual one I used to play, and they gave it to me. You still got is, it? So I've got, yeah, and the board I had, I got for five quid. Cool. And it's like a 90 quid game, I suppose, the original. But what ha- happened is when I had it, the sound didn't work on it. And what I realised, it's a CPS1 board, Capcom Play System 1, and they've got suicide batteries on. Right. And what it was is that I didn't realise at the time the battery was going. That's the first signs of it going. And one day I went to play it, blue screen, nothing working. And it had died. And you can't get it going now. I sent it off. Someone fixed it for me. They got rid of the battery. They put hacked ROMs on there so you yeah. don't need a battery anymore. Yeah. And I still got it to this day. I'm going to put it in one of my cabs, I think, tomorrow. So you weren't playing it for the game of the week then? You were playing no. the main... Well, I was playing it inside on yeah. the computer inside. I was yeah. also playing it on my main cab. Basically, because it's easy to save the scores on it as yeah. well, because the original cab didn't save the scores. And I took pictures of the... You can pause it in moment, take pictures of your, your high scores and stuff as well, because people might not believe my high score. <laughs> no one believes that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the game. <clears throat> and, and the flipping music, I kept humming it and singing it Yeah. without me realising, for God's sake, it's got in my head, I couldn't get rid of it. Yeah, I was a bit like that. You almost wanted to try and find some lyrics for it. Yeah, I really like the sounds of the game. They're really jolly. Yeah. Uh, they speed up when everything's going a bit faster. There's there's different... When you get the less dance bonus, then there's different tunes, and they do different dances for each level you get on, if you can do the, the three heart blocks together. And you get you get little interludes as well, like Pac-Man. I think after the first two levels, you get an interlude where you'll see the rabbit and the squirrel run across the screen, and they'll be chased by the baddies, or you know, sort of the, yeah. the same kind of thing as Pac-Man, Pac-Man, all those little intervals, and they're quite sweet to, to go yeah. through as well. Yeah, there's lots of like. different things going on, which I quite liked. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. The animation was good. Yeah, the, <clears> the graphics are really, really cute. Scene. Yeah. It's a squirrel and a rabbit, for God's sake. Yeah, the dragons were cool. Yeah, you get, you get orange and the green dragons, and when they get all angry, they think they yeah. get red. And then yeah. they, they really go for you. And they, they, the blobs, they sort of rear up. And they get all sort of stressed out. And they yeah. get frowns on their face and they go for you. That's no, a cute little game. Um, it's a maze game, puzzle game at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Very similar to um, Pango. Quite, quite busy as well. There's a lot going on. Yeah, some of the levels are, are quite busy and you've got not a lot of room to move. You've got a lot of blocks around you and sometimes yeah. they're quite sparse. So you can have a lot of room to run about. Did you find yourself making your own path, your own way through it then? Because I just thought, how am I going to approach this? There's so many blocks on the screen. Yeah, it makes you think. I just thought, okay, I'm just going to smash all these up and just yeah. open it out a little bit. Yeah, I was doing a bit of that. But what also I was trying to do, the sort of tactic, is when there's a, a meanie after you and they start speeding up, it's to actually block his way. If you're in a corridor of blocks, you can block the way. Yeah. And they can't get to you and have to go around. Yeah. Or you, or you can stop them and just squish them. But they had a habit of getting too quick, and you're trying to line the, the, the block to squash them, and they move out the way. Yeah. But the, the dragons were quite dumb, really. When they when they start firing their their, fi- their flames, they stand still, unless there's a free path left to right for them to move along. And if they do, they'll run at you as well, breathing the fire. Yeah. And I think they've got a range of about five blocks. Yeah, but they have to stop to breathe the fire, don't they? They do stop, yeah. yeah. So what you can do is just go underneath them. They won't try yeah. and get you, and they just squish the buggers. Yeah. That's what I was doing a lot of time. But the little uh, blob things with the one eye, they were quite erratic, I found. Yeah. The way they bounced around. I didn't know which way they were bouncing, but they did kind of follow you, didn't they, at the end? Yeah, they do try and... I think they follow you around. Well, if you had one block in the middle, they'd follow you around the bloody block, Yeah, they'd probably they? go clockwise <laughs> around the block. Well, in this little tactic, you can sort of work out where they're going to go. But when they get quick later on, they actually move quicker than you, so you can't outrun them. Mm. And when you're pushing blocks, like all the other games you mentioned, it's similar, when you're squishing a block, it takes slightly longer than yeah. running through fresh air. Like in Dig Dug as well, when you're hitting the... the Earth, yeah. it takes longer than the free fresh yeah, air. Yeah, I noticed to go that. Through. I had one behind me, and the only way out was down this little corridor, but I was just breaking all the blocks to get out. Run, Forrest! Run away! Hurry! 
Yeah. I, mean, I could see him slowly catching me up. It is. Well, you know you're going to get killed, don't you? You're going to get hit, yeah. You know you're going to get hit. Some of the guys playing, um, Sean Holly, of course, as usual, our mate. Dave O, our mate. A guy called WTG Bob, who's on the phone. I think it's the guy who bought my brother's cab off of him in Scotland. So he's been playing with us as well. And obviously Gary favoured some, which we're going to ignore because he's too good. Too good. Yeah, some good scores out there. Yeah, he's head and shoulders over us, so we just ignore him because yeah. I think I'm next in line for the high scores. Yeah, well, I'll be at the bottom. There's no doubt about that. I, I like the game. It's not my type of game. Yeah, it's a puzzly kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's... not my. Wouldn't choose it normally. Well, it was my pick, wasn't it? But, but I noticed when I was playing it how similar it was to Pirate Ship Higgin Maroon. Yeah. And if I'd realised, I sort of knew really because I've been playing it for years, but I didn't sort of realise how similar it was. And I realised, yeah. oh god, it's Capcom again. It's just the same sort of game but a different theme. And there's a few extra things thrown in as well, secrets and stuff. Yeah. Which I like. I like when you, you discover new things that you didn't know about. And I've even found things... Yeah, it's got a lot more depth now than what I thought originally. So I'll give yeah. it another go now. The, the things you've just told me. So yeah, absolutely. I might be able to get a bigger score this time. There's not a lot on the net about it either. I looked no. for some research. I think I found um, a nice flyer. And you can get it on Capcom, I think the Capcom Generations. Mm. And I think you can buy compilations. Yeah, you for can the, get it on the PS1, the, I yeah, think. for the modern, modern sort of uh, yeah. games. You, I think you can play it on... Uh, Xbox Live and stuff like that as well. So if you haven't played it and got a main setup, that's the place to get it. You can yeah. actually buy it legally, you know, with the, the sort of Capcom mm. generations and the classics and all this business. It's well worth getting. You know, with a lot of their other classic games, it's well worth buying if you want to get it. But I've got the board of it and I play it on MAME anyway. Yeah, definitely really, give really it nice. a go. It was a good game, just not my type of game. Massive but thumbs up. I will give it another go. Yeah, definitely. I think you should. Massive definitely. thumbs up for me anyway. Really liked it. What score did you get then? Go on in, Dirtbox. What did you get? I only got 312,000. Totally blew it, dude. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. No. Most people getting four. You must have got four or five. Seven hundred and thirty-nine thousand <laughs> four Give us a shoot 'em up for a change. Well, funny you should say that. Oh, actually, at last. next Me week's too. next week's game was chosen by our podcast interview E last time, Paul Nermin Nermix uh -huh. from the Intellivisionaries podcast, and he's chose after I poo-pooed his Skyfox because it's not very good uh, he's chosen UN Defence Force UN Defence Force yeah it's got another name which I can't remember Star Joke I can't remember the name of it there is another name for it we'll have a look later on UN Defence Force UN Defence Force yeah it's a uh, up the screen shooter Vertical shmup. Oh, okay. So you I should like that. someone else. Yeah. I think you'll probably beat me. Your reaction is a bit quicker than mine, that kind of game. I do like a shoot em up. You do like a shoot em up. But there's plenty of other people out there who will probably beat me. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to give this one a go. Yep, that's really good. And I've got um, other games lined up for the future I want to do as well. Oh. And I'm sure you have. So we've got plenty coming on. Yeah. And we want listener feedback. We mm. want some more a list of games to play. So send in slightly obscure games, joystick and buttons only. No no light guns, no trackballs, no spinners, that sort of business. Cause we haven't got that to play on, really. Uh, and Alex will be playing on his bar top. I'll be playing on my main machine. If I've got the board, I might just install the board, play the board. So let's get a few obscure games in. Gems we want. Classic gems. Mm. Ones unheard that, of. Yeah, yeah, unheard of. Ones, ones that you, sort of, different. you found randomly on main yeah. or whatever. Or maybe a board you've bought and you didn't know what it was. Tell us about it. We want to know. Mm. So uh, no further ado, mate. That's it for this week. Yep, and we'll see you later. Thanks a lot for listening, and make sure you listen to the interview at the end of the podcast. Yes, and get yourself down the Four Quarters Arcade Bar. Absolutely. On the 18th of July.
This evening we have a, an interview with Big Phil, who's organising NERG. How are you doing, Phil? I'm good, thanks. Um, a little bit nervous because we were just over a, a week away, but um, everything's going to plan, so yeah, I'm good. Well, to start off with this, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, okay. Well, um, well, my name's Phil, obviously. Uh, big Phil on some of the forums. How big are you? Uh, 45. Um, from concert in County Durham, which is a, a small, well, it's a small town. It's, uh, it's quite large now. It used to be an old um, steel town. Um, I work in IT support. I'm uh, happily divorced with one daughter, and of course, I'm the NERG organizer. The sole organizer? Yes, there's just me. You're mental. <laughs> You're obviously mental. It, 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 um, I mean, sometimes I wish there was more, but um, yeah, it is just me. And I'm working every night uh, promoting, especially uh, the six months leading up to the event, um, promoting, chatting to uh, various people connected with it. Uh, but it's something I love, and I don't mind doing it. And this is a new love because of last year's Nerg, I take it. The retro love has always been there. Yeah. But I'm more, it, I was obviously more of a gamer then, but since Nerg um, came on the scene, I haven't had as much gaming as I used to. It's all just organising yeah. gaming, not actually playing games. That's where you've got to draw the line there. Well, I do this podcast, um, and we had a, lot of, had a lot of things to do recently with the house and stuff, and I was finding no time to play the damn games. And I think you just yeah. set aside yourself some time every now and then, hopefully at the event, someone will just sit you down and say, right, hold on a minute, play some games for a minute. I think you need to now and again. That's why we do it. At last year's event, I didn't play a single game. Yeah. Um, I, I played time. one game of the Matrix Pinball on the setup day. Um, they gave me the first game, and that was the only game I played for the entire weekend. <laughs> it is bad and a few people have asked um, if they could have a game of something with me and I've said well it, all, it just depends on time and what I'm doing but I, I will yes I will try and play more games this year yeah good so I asked this of all our interviewees what was your first experience with video games way back in the day my first real memory was of um, a Space Invaders cab and it was at a, a local YMCA <laughs> and I remember just standing there watching some older kid uh, who was taller than me, had more money than me, uh, just popping the 10p's in and just playing this game and, and just being mesmerised by him playing it. That was my first real memory. I, I still don't think I ever played that machine. And then um, my mother worked as a cleaner in a pub. I think um, a couple of years later they had... Um, a cocktail table and it was Phoenix okay. and I used to go along sometimes on a weekend um, as she cleaned and I would help out a little bit but again I would just sit at this machine just mesmerised by it and every now and again I was uh, looking enough to get 10 pence and put in and have a game myself mm. I used to watch the big kids as well especially ones who were better at the certain games than I was yeah, I think it was just that stage where they, they probably had a part-time job, like a paper round or worked on the milk, and had a little bit of money, and they're popping uh, the 10 pences in the machines. And it's just one of those things where uh, um, I wasn't at the age where I, I had money. Yeah. So it, 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 I did enjoy just watching it. Uh -huh. 
but I guess it would have been nice to play but I obviously wouldn't have been as good as the guys playing it so watching them how good they were and the length of the time they were in the game uh, that made up for it yeah they, they seemed like millionaires those kids didn't they where did they get all some money from? <laughs> yeah and then from there I think as, as the boom took off mm-hmm. um, there was uh, local cafes and taxi offices um, where they would have, uh, say, a couple of pinball machines and two or three videos as well. And to me, that that was an arcade. And I think that would really be my first arcade experience. Yeah. But then, three and it's an arcade. Yeah. Well, going to the seaside resort mm-hmm. and seeing fifty, sixty machines. And you're just standing there looking at them and all the noises hit you and it's just like, wow, this is an arcade, not that cafe I used to go to for two, three years. Yeah, yeah. So that was the um, the, uh, the local seaside resort to me was Whitley Bay and had a place called Spanish City uh, that uh, had uh, a lot of arcade machines in as well as um, surrounding um, amusements along the, uh, the seafront. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was um, 15, 16, I would um, try and take as many bus trips down there on, on the weekend during the summer uh, to get into a real arcade. Yeah. Oh, excellent. That's good. Did you ever uh, play with the consoles when pretend there were there were arcade machines in your own home on your TV? Oh, yes, I'm sure as, um, as many others had. It, it was the, My first experience was the Atari uh, VCS. Oh, chestnut. Yeah, and um, I think the first game we got was Space Invaders, and uh, I think the games were so expensive back then, I know um, kids and, well, especially parents are going about how expensive games are now, but back then, um, looking at an Atari VCS cartridge, uh, it was around uh, £30. Yeah, and that was that was back in the early eighties. That was a fortune back then. You could imagine that. I mean, the inflation rate. Looking at games now, Mm. it hasn't changed much. And then it was when Activision Activision came along and they started releasing cheaper games. I think they they were about fifteen, sixteen pounds, so more or less half the price of the um, licensed Atari games. Yeah, I guess it was a VCS. Because going back that that long, I, I used to play the VCS, and I think I had an Ace Tronic myself, which was a sort of knockoff type thing. Um, I yeah. never bought a game because where, where I lived in the I lived in the Midlands when I was quite a young kid, and <clears> I didn't really see the games for sale. And if they were, they were way beyond my reach. You know, it wasn't even worthwhile thinking about getting one. They were so expensive. Um, so I just yeah. had the games I had, and you know, some kids up the road had a, had a VCS. Another lad had an Intellivision. And we just played the games that we had. There wasn't there wasn't a thing of oh I'm getting a new game this week and I'm getting a new game next week or you know it'd be for your birthday or Christmas if you were very lucky. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's crazy. Uh-huh. I mean nowadays kids have got so much. They seem to have so much throwaway money. Compared yeah, to what we had. exactly. <laughs> it's like the um, I mean even the the Atari VCS collection it wasn't massive um, when when the console was first released. So um, back in those days, working class, your, your parents were members of catalogue clubs, yeah. and there would be about five, six games in the in the catalogue for for that console, mm. and that was your choice. Yeah, I remember the catalogues actually. I remember my K's and Marshall Ward and these sorts of things, and I remember seeing my first Vectrex in there. Uh-huh. and I think it was oh, it may have been one hundred and fifty or maybe two hundred and fifty pounds. 
And I was like, oh, that is the, you know, that's the thing to have. There was no chance. There was no chance. And I eventually got an Ace Tronic, which I think was yeah. like an ad for all my mum's friends. But, you know, I loved it. You know, yeah. It was one of those things. It was, it was these little squares moving in front of me, and I was controlling them with a funny-looking joystick. That did <laughs> It sorted me right out. And then yeah. later on, the, you know, the, the, the Spectrums and the Commodore 64s hit us. Well, I had a VIC-20. And uh, it was a bit of a godsend when the budget range came out. You know, I could actually afford them with my paper round for the one ninety nine and the two ninety nine Mastertronic games, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean they were they were they were brilliant. I mean they were for all computers as well. So even on a crappy old Vic Twenty, I had a chance of getting some reasonable games. My first uh, computer was actually a Dragon Thirty Two, unfortunately. Oh, I never Whereas saw one. Whereas all my friends had uh, Spectrums or Commodores, and there wasn't much support for the Dragon, unfortunately. So you were very limited yeah. to the choice of games that uh, were available for it. I think I knew one guy who had one at school, and I never saw it. It was one of those elusive things. Maybe yeah, I, didn't have it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So let's get on to NERG. So I'm really looking forward to NERG. It's, as you said, not more than a week away now. Um, uh-huh. Tell us, it's a bit of a big thing to ask, but tell us a little bit about, or a lot about, NERG. Okay. Um, I'll give you the, um, the background to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all thanks to the, um, the replay guys over in the, the Northwest. I missed the very first Blackpool event. Yeah. Uh, and I went to the second one in Blackpool and then the third one that was in Manchester that's where it got really big and I came away from there buzzing absolutely buzzing and um, being in the northeast, uh, there's many other people uh, from the northeast and around the country have to travel to these events so coming away from there I had the idea um, to make a two and a half three hour drive for and I said well I'm going to do this in the northeast. Yeah. Uh, we need something local, more local. So that's where, like, after um, a couple of weeks of telling the idea about Nerg was born, Northeast Retro Gaming. Mm-hmm. Basically, being born out of my love of, um, of retro gaming. Yeah. So um, the very first one, <clears throat> well, at this year's event, uh, we're going to have a um, hundred video arcade machines. Um, so far we've had just over 50 pinballs donated and 60 consoles as well. Mm, excellent. That's a, that's a big number of, uh, of arcade cabinets. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, for the size of the event, um, I think it's probably the best visitor to machine ratio in the country because I'm limited to the amount of people that can get into the venue. Yeah. Uh, they're only insured for 900 people. So um, on the day, 900 people, 1,800 over the weekend. Wow. That's pretty good, because I think, well, I've only been to replay once in Manchester, and it was pretty packed. Um, I think uh-huh. had a lot larger people-to-machines ratio back then. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, that's the beauty of this. Um, it's also an Achilles heel because um, in the northeast we don't have any exhibition centres as such, wow. so we're very limited to what we can do, where we can do it, and how many people can attend. Yeah. But I look at it from the angle that it's an exclusive event. There's only 900 tickets, so yeah. it's very exclusive. Um, and I'll play it from that angle. It does seem exclusive, and it's not going to be too crowded, I think. I like that. You know, a bit more of a chance to get to speak to people and have a go on the machines, you know. 
and, and exactly yeah. yeah so is there going to be uh, other stuff there's consoles there as well with the consoles making an appearance yes we'll have 60 um well there'll be just over 60 consoles and uh, old computers and again that's uh, being done by steve perry um he contacted me last year and offered to uh, to run the console section bring all all a good selection of his uh, collection along and uh, he's doing the, the same again this year he loved the event last year and um he, he asked if he could come along again this year and support the event so he's kindly coming up uh, all the way from Essex uh, with a van with all these machines in and um, I'll have a few people helping him out because um, it takes a lot to look after that many machines <laughs> so as, as you say that this guy this decent sort has, has brought his machines with him are all the machines being donated by people they're being lent to the to the NERG event for that weekend or do you own a few yourself Throughout the, the whole event, um, the video arcade machines, uh, the majority of them are being kindly donated by RGP, Retro Games Party. Oh, I've heard that. Uh, yeah, they're based over in uh, Blackburn, uh, run by uh, two guys, James and Andy. I know them very uh, well. Very, uh, very kind-hearted guys. love uh, just loaning the machines out. Um, I've got uh, quite a few machines myself. Um, there's um, the Scottish contingent, ID Chubby, mm-hmm. as he's known on the forums. He's bringing a van load down. Yeah, I know there's a, f- a few more people in the northeast bringing the machines along. Um, getting on to the pinball machines, uh, we've got um, a big involvement and support from Northern Lights Pinball. Oh, yeah. um, they've uh, gathered their troops together, and I think there's about four or five vans in total coming from uh, the Northern Lights guys. Yeah, they, they do do a good show. I've been to the pinball show before, and they, they do put on a really good show. Those guys, they've really got it together. Yes, uh, yeah. And again, it's um, it, it's all a selfless act. Uh, people who uh, are moving these machines around, they're giving up the time on the weekend. Um, so it is really good of them to do this. Yeah. By the community, for the community. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the same myself. I've got a full-time job. I work in IT support. And Nerg is bold in my spare time, just for the, uh, the love of gaming. Well, I hope it rewards you, mate. It does sound good. Um, I couldn't go last year because um, it was my 40th birthday last year, and I was taken to America for my birthday. I had to go to um, I had to go to Barcade, and I had to go to Fun Spot. It was terrible. It really was. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, I sort of if I was in your shoes, I'd do the same. Yeah, and the thing was, um, I went to... Um, a couple of things I haven't told you about the event. Um, yeah. where there'll be competitions running uh, throughout the weekend. We're actually hosting one of the heats for the Classic Gaming Championships. The finals have been held at um, the Play Expo event in Manchester in October. There's going to be a Street Fighter tournament. And uh, there's still um, other competitions to be finalised, which will be run in the, uh, the console section. Um We've got uh, the Retro Collect squad there. They'll be um, having competitions as well throughout the day. Oh, nice. Um, getting on to the traders, we've got 28 traders this year. I think that's double what we had last year. Uh-huh. Uh, the ones that were there last year um, booked up more or less straight away. Yeah. Uh, once I announced I was uh, holding another one, so they had a brilliant weekend. So it ranges from... Um, retro con- consoles and computers 
actor games and then we have um, artists illustrators and costume jewelry that sort of thing because uh, there's also the cosplay competition <laughs> and um that prize fund has actually been increased from last year it was 100 pound last year and it is uh, 250 pound this year Wow. Um, I'm donating £200 myself and UKVAC are donating uh, £50. That's the uh, arcade forum. Yeah, oh, excellent. That sounds awesome. Brilliant. I'll be getting my costume sorted out then. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're also supporting um, another charity this year. Uh, we supported the local charity Cash for Kids last year. This year we're supporting another local charity, which is uh, Bright Red. Yeah. Uh, that is um, a blood cancer charity. Oh, uh, so we'll be holding raffles uh, over the, the weekend. There'll be a, a tombola and uh, John Studley will be there. Um, hopefully perfecting uh, the perfect Pac-Man game and again he's doing that for the charity if, if John does it there's going to be a riot because he's, he's missed out so just by a gnat's hair recently John is yes. the top Pac-Man player and if he does it uh-huh. for them it'd be absolutely brilliant I really hope he does yes yeah that'd be, that'd be absolutely brilliant especially for the charity as well yeah, John's um, a nice guy as well he's brilliant yeah, so he'll have his own little area and he'll be roped off yeah. and uh, I, may, I may have a couple of um, security standing over him as well. He needs roping <laughs> up. <laughs> um, is there any sort of, um, sort of screens around him so you can watch what's going on? Uh, yes, he does have one screen. He, he obviously videos the game because uh, he wants oh, to keep that yeah. and uh, to get verified, that sort of thing. But there, there will also be a, um, a screen where people can actually uh, stand and watch and uh, perform the challenge. Excellent. Are there going to be any um, celebrities from the game world there, people giving talks, that sort of thing? Unfortunately not. And again, it's a combination of things. Um, Firstly, being in the northeast, and um, there's a lot of uh, travel and cost involved. And secondly, uh, the venue, which is a gated stadium, we're in the sports hall, and it's just absolutely chock-a-block. Mm. full of machines and traders and they would have to be in um, another area of the stadium and I, I don't think it would really work because uh, the, you, they're going to be sort of away from the hub yeah, of the actual event. I think that sort of thing to make that work, yeah. And yeah, and you'd be dragging people along that sort of thing. So no, it's, it's all uh, purely focused on the gaming. Yeah. So I've been to a few events before where they've had uh, a guy on stage with a microphone and it's, it's too loud and you're trying to concentrate on your games and you're trying to talk to someone and you know half the time you're not really bothered about it you just want to get on with the game so I, I see your point there I think it's probably a better idea not to have that sort of thing I'm sure loads of us will be talking to each other anyway about, about games and, and the usual anyway yeah uh-huh. um, you said about people uh, most of the community bringing their machines themselves uh, if I'd known earlier and had a van or at least a bigger car I would have perhaps brought one of mine um, and what sort of benefits do people get if they bring machines? Is they, they're free to get in? or Yes, they get entry into the venue and also the transport costs are paid for. Oh, right. That's really good. Yeah, um, it's only fair. Yeah. Um, you can't have them dipping into their own pockets. Um, I mean, they're giving up their time. Um, it's, it's, I mean, effectively, it's three days. It's the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday. Because the set of days on the Friday, you've got to get the machines in there. There's so much work involved setting the place up. You can't do it 
on the morning of uh, the event. It's got to be done the day before. And then um, if the late finish on the Sunday, the event finishes at five o'clock, then they've got to pack up, get the machines loaded into the van, then travel home, unload, um, and then actually get into the house and settle down. It's probably nearer midnight by the time all that's finished. So it is a hard slog for the, the people who donate these machines. And the least I can do is actually uh, get them into the event for free and pay for their costs. Yeah, that is brilliant. Um, I also, uh, I was a little bit late to it actually, um, is the hotel rooms. You had a certain number of hotel rooms uh, set aside at half price rates or even better? <clears throat> yes, we've got a special agreed rate with a hotel which is just a mile away from the venue. Um, unfortunately, all of those rooms have been allocated now. Yes, I noticed. Uh, <laughs> I've had one or two people contact us saying um, they've missed out. Is any anywhere else or where would I recommend the stay, that sort of thing? I must give a shout out to that hotel actually, because I rang up um, to book my hotel, and they said, "Oh, all, all the uh, the set aside uh, cheap ones are gone now." And I'm like, oh, right. She said, "Well, we can give you a hotel room for half price." So they did a really good deal on that as well. So good, good people those the people. That That's the Ramada Encore and Gator, yeah. yeah. Really good. And they didn't have to do that. I was really pleased about that. That's excellent. Oh, brilliant. Good, yeah. Because it's uh, it's about a four and a half hour drive for me, you see, and it's. You know, I want to sort of relax and maybe have a few beers there and stuff as well. So, you know, yeah. um, we've been to, we went up north recently for a holiday. We went to Newcastle and we didn't, unfortunately, get to see Gateshead. So hopefully uh-huh. we'll see Gateshead the next day as well. Yep, yeah. oh, brilliant. Well, on the, um, the Saturday night, actually, after the event, uh, we've got um, a comedy night organised in Newcastle. So it's just over the water, over the Tyne. Yeah. Um, again, that's in aid of the uh, Bright Red charity. And um, it's uh, it's at the Ware Rooms in Newcastle, and it's uh, a local comedian, Stephen Petty. And he actually contacted me and asked if he could uh, do something uh, for the charity because he loves retro gaming himself. Nice. He wants to come along to the event, and he offered these services. So we'll have some uh, stand-up comedy in aid of the charity. Um, so he's got another couple of stand-up comedians involved, uh, Chris Brugger and Graham Goring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the, um, the Saturday Night Entertainment. Yep, I'm a big stand-up uh, fan. Stand-up comedy night at uh, eight, from 8pm at the Ware Rooms in Newcastle, and it's free entry. Okay. Um, there may be a raffle, or uh, there may be somebody uh, walking around with a bogus, uh, just asking for donations for the charity. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I was, I was just about to ask how much are the tickets and where, where would you get them from, but that's, that's really good. That's yeah, good. yes, it is, yeah. Whoever's um, staying in the hotel, I've actually got a couple of uh, minibuses booked as well uh, oh, to take us there. But um, that's first come, first served, I'm afraid. Well, I'll right. <laughs> Which I'll miss out myself. <laughs> Another thing about tickets I was going to say, are there actually any tickets left for NERG? Can any late Larrys get there on the door? or? Uh, yes, there is. Um, there is still tickets left. Um, and again, the, 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 they are still selling, but once I reach that limit of 900, uh, I'll have to stop people getting in. So yeah. if people are expecting to pay on the door, that is a risk they're going to have to take. Yep, so if I sell 900 tickets, yeah. um, I, I, I just can't let anyone else in. It'll be a ticket-only event. Yeah. Well, I'll put the show notes. I'll put the list of um, the tickets where to get them from the website on the show notes for everyone to see. So if they do want to okay. get in quick, 
Don't, yes, don't exactly. Um, the details are on the website. It's um, northeastretrogaming.com. Mm-hmm. And down the left-hand side, I think it's the uh, the first link, uh, buy tickets. So what, what time are you opening and what time are you, are you shutting? On Saturday, it's from 10.30 till 7pm. Yeah. So that only gives us an hour window to get ready and get over to the... Um, the, uh, the the evening of uh, comedy, yeah. and on Sunday it's ten thirty till five pm. Um, there was um, a couple of things which were different to last year's event. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, uh, the machines we uh, we've doubled the amount of video arcade machines. There was only fifty arcade machines there last year, so there'll be a hundred this year. Um, there's about ten more pinball machines and roughly the same amount of consoles. The um, the competitions that didn't really take off last year, so again, we're going to focus on more competitions this year. And I'm also introducing the Nurk Juniors Club this year. Oh. Um, it's okay for us. Uh, we have the memories as a child of the retro game, and but the younger generation don't. They just know the well. You've got the the Xbox and the the, the Playstations and the uh, the Nintendo Wii. There's didn't know how gaming started. So to get them involved, they're going to get tasks throughout the day to carry out. Um, they'll have um, a sheet of paper with the certain tasks on, they'll keep a record of what they're doing, that type of thing, and then they'll be rewarded with a goodie bag at the end of it. So that is the, the Nerd Juniors Club. And the, the Nerd Juniors aren't allowed to say at any point, what, it only plays one game? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this is limited to 50 as well, 50 goodie bags. So, again, that's first come, first serve for the juniors. Uh, so, well, I'm aiming for 12 and under. Yeah. It's, not it's just to get the next generation involved. It's it's really nice when you see them, that little spark. They, they sort of go, uh, uh, and they start playing it, and you see them enjoying it, and they get competitive, and then they get addicted. It's like, wow, that's just what I wanted to see. That's one of the main things that stands out from last year's event the amount of uh, the younger generation mm-hmm. who were actually there and they're of, of their own accord. It wasn't the parents dragging them along. Yeah, yeah. And to actually see them um, buying um, like Mega Drive games, that sort of thing, because they collect them and they've, they've got the consoles. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was a real surprise and great to see. And they loved it. Well, absolutely loved it. The, uh, Xbox three, uh, the Xbox One and the the PS4 games, aren't they? They can actually afford these games themselves, like we did when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the feedback from last year was absolutely brilliant. And um, I think I would have been, um, well, there would would have been a lot of crosswords if I didn't do it again. Because even on the weekend, over the weekend, after the first day of the Saturday, people were were telling us, you've got to do this again, you've got to to run this again, it's got to be a yearly event. so from last year, um, the feedback was absolutely tremendous. There was just one little thing uh, that I was kicking myself about, and I didn't leave a lot of space between the tables in the console section. Okay. So once people sat down either side, uh, you couldn't really walk down the middle of them. Yeah. Um, so it was just a little schoolboy error, but uh, that, that won't happen this year. There'll be plenty of space. Was there any... Was there any um bad feedback at all I wouldn't imagine it would because I've heard all good things to be honest with you. yes I, um, I openly asked for feedback um, I welcomed any feedback um, I emailed all the uh, ticket purchasers asking for their feedback and um, there wasn't one bad thing said 
Excellent. It's just the, the little grumble about the space in the console section. Yeah, that's that was it. I was um, I was truly humbled by it all. I must admit. Excellent. And this year it's going to be twice as much, hopefully. Yes, exactly. Um, double the amount of video machines, so um, it, it, it it is bigger and better, even though it is in the same venue. Yeah. Um, when I was in Newcastle, I went to one of the shopping links, a Grandview shopping centre there. And I was talking to a guy in the video game shop. I think it's called That Retro Shop or... That Retro Game Shop, yeah, known well. Really nice guy. And he was raving about Nerg. And that yes. is that moment I said to my wife, because we, we were enjoying Newcastle. We were loving the place. And I said to her, do you think we should go to that? And she goes, what, up here? I said, yeah. She said, when is it? And I told her. She's like, yeah, let's go. I said, right, I'll go on to Phil. And it was like, there and then I thought, right, I'm going. Because this guy was, was going on and on about how good it was. He's willing to go back there and he's enjoying himself. And, you know, he wants to meet other people there again this year. And, and this year it's almost twice the size. So, you know, make your own conclusions from that, really. It's going to be twice as good, I think. Yes. Um, his name is Kevin. He's, uh, he's a, a real ambassador for me. He's, he's pushed it. He pushed last year's event. He's um, constantly pushed this year's event. He's actually selling tickets for me as well. So if there's any uh, locals listening uh, who don't have uh, ways and means to purchase tickets online, they can pop along to see Kevin and purchase the ticket that way as well. Or should I give you a little exclusive? That's not so much an exclusive now. Oh, the word's sort of starting to, to leak out. Yeah, go on. Um, next year's event is already booked and arranged. Oh, I was just and about to ask you. With it called? being 2015, it's uh, back to the future theme because that was the uh, future year. <laughs> so um, it's back to the NERG and there will be a chance to win a back to the future pinball machine. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. This has uh, been launched at this year's event. So we'll have tickets available. And whoever purchases tickets at this event for next year's event will get a free strip of raffle tickets oh, uh, for the uh, the that chance to win the pinball machine. That sounds really good. And there'll be lots of other Back to the Future themed um, prizes as well. Great Scott! <laughs> There's rumours of a DeLorean as well, but that's uh, oh. it's early days. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I suppose I was listening to another podcast that I listened to loads of them recently about doing an event. It was in America though, and uh, they were saying they were asking this guy, "Oh, you know, when do you start planning the next event?" And he said, "The day after we finish this one." It's like yeah. a year-long thing. I presume it is with you as well. Well, I, I started planning next year's about three months ago. <laughs> wow! So you got double double your work now. Yes, exactly. No one's helping you with this at all. Um, well, I've got friends who help me online with the uh, the web design, the images, that sort of thing. Yeah. But other than that, um, it's just me organising. But when it comes to the actual uh, weekend, um, all my friends, I, I wrote all them in. Yeah. And it, I, I ask, they ask nothing for it. They come along uh, again, starting on Friday early morning. Uh, the driving vehicles, uh, loading machines, unloading machines, the setting the hall up, mm. uh, the working throughout the weekend, helping out, and then again on the Sunday night, the packing up the machines, loading them, and then unloading them. And it, it, again, it's, it's just a um, a selfless task. Yeah. Uh, they get nothing for it. They just do it for um, again the love of gaming and. Because of friends. 
Yeah, the, the retro um, the retro gamers are a good lot. I mean, there's countless times myself I've been to a meet. You know, we're going down to see a, a load of people, and I'm always in the back of a machine. Oh, this one stops. I just quickly have a look at this. So I can quickly do that. I've got that in the car. I'll bring my toolbox, and it's, it's yeah. that kind of community that I really like about this hobby. And yeah, you, you tend to find that a lot of people will do it just because they want to see young people or their mates having a good time on these machines. Yes, so it's, it's exactly. It's a horrible sight to see a machine that's not switched on. So uh, the sooner it gets older, the better. Yeah, there's always a team of nerds around it, and and it will be on within you know half an hour. Sometimes when we, we sort of get on fix, especially if it is fixable that day. Yeah, yeah. it's always nice to see that. And these people uh, bring along their machines for, for for nothing as well. You know, just for the cost of the of the transport is brilliant. And I also said yeah. before, Phil, if I was closer and I had a bigger car, I would have taken some of mine along with me as well. Oh, yeah, um, it, it, it is amazing when people just email you and say, oh, I'd like to bring uh, two or three machines along. Uh, what, what do I get for that? And you'll say, well, you get free energy and your transport paid for. Oh, brilliant. Great. I'll be there. Yeah. It, 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 it is good when they approach you. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. Remember, I'm bringing my little pong with me. Yes, that'll get well looked after. Um it's only uh, just that will lead on to the sponsors actually. Um, the sponsors of the event Funstock.co.uk and Clarkade. Yeah. Um, Simon from Clarkade, um, he builds bar tops, but he's also um, created some mini arcade machines like Donkey Kong, Galaxian, Robotron. Uh, he's currently building um, a Galaga, uh, so they will all be on display. Um, he'll have bar tops for sale as well, and he's kindly made um, a bar top uh, twin fighter, which is going to be the first prize at Nerg this year. Mm. Um, so he's going to be looking after your pong. Yeah, I've seen those machines. They are nice. They're really very nice. I think they will get a lot of attention yeah. at the event. It's one of those things that if you haven't got a lot of room, and I know a lot of people you know live in small houses and stuff, they are absolute perfect thing to have. Better than a super gun on your TV with some. Crappy old Mega Drive controllers. This is the real deal, but small. Yeah, exactly. I've had them on display at a couple of events, and they do get a lot of attention. Yeah. It's going to be even more at this event. I think I follow Funstock on Twitter. I'm sure, I do. They're big, big tweeters on there. I think. Yeah, and again, they're sponsoring the classic uh, gaming championships. Ah, okay, excellent. Any more shout outs you'd like to give, Phil? Um. No, I think that's it. Just uh, thank you to all the uh, machine donators. Uh, there's so many of them to name. And uh, just a massive thank you to, to all my friends and family because, again, um, and I, I neglect my family a bit because of the the amount of time I spend organising on and like that sort of thing is so accommodating. Yeah. Uh, but they see how much I love it and how much I'm into it. So they accept it. And um, it's just the amount of effort my friends put in as well. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, in the day when you, you look along that row of machines and there's more people playing and enjoying themselves, you'll think it's all worthwhile again. Yeah, I, I did that last year. Excellent. And it was a great sight. It is brilliant. In itself, yeah? Yeah. Excellent. Right then, I don't think there's anything else I can ask you, Phil, but um, I'll be seeing you next week. Perfect. Okay, thanks for having me. I'll be the one with the long hair with the pong in my arm. <laughs> okay, I'm sure I'll meet you a few times and we'll Cheers. be having a drink as well, I think, together. Yes. Thanks very much for that, Phil. Uh, we'll see so, you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. 
You can download or play the podcast, view all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk or email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can Twitterize us at 10pencearcade for me and at Nintendo Arcade for Alex. We'd love to hear from you regarding game suggestions, personal arcade experiences or anything arcade related you'd like to share.